That's what this third commandment instructs us to do, to care or honor God's name. Remember, for every commandment you see in the Bible, not just the Ten Commandments, uh, there are positive duties that are implied from the negative prohibitions. And for every time you see a negative prohibition, do not do, uh, or, or uh, a positive duty rather, where God says do this, there are sins that are prohibited that are implied from that commandment. And furthermore, each commandment of God, uh, especially in the Ten Commandments here, where you see him say do not do this, they are representative of many other sins. They are a heading, and under them are many others that the Bible explains as you read through it. And so we're asking the question then, if we care about God's name because God cares about it, what are the sins forbidden and what are the duties required of this third commandment? Or in other words, how are we instructed to honor the name of the Lord? So first of all, what are the duties required? The uh, larger catechism is actually really helpful in naming these. They state these duties and they derive them from the scriptures. The third commandment requires that the name of God, his titles, attributes, ordinances, the word, sacraments, prayer, oaths, vows, lots, his works, and Whatsoever else there is whereby he makes himself known, so his revelation, be holily and reverently used in thought and meditation and word and writing by a holy profession and answerable conversation to the glory of God and the good of ourselves and of others. There's a lot in there, and we're not going to look at all of that, but the one thing that I want you to consider that the authors of the catechism were getting at as they looked into the Bible. What they're saying is the Bible calls us to reverence, or the old word is hallow God's name. In whatever way God reveals himself, through his word, through prayer, through his name, we are to hallow it, to make it holy where do we hear that? Well, of course, we go back to Matthew, where Jesus teaches us how to pray. And what's the first thing he says to his disciples? When you pray, pray like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Hallowing speaks of consecration and dedication it means you see the holiness, the uniqueness of God as revealed to you in his name. You feel the weight of it. It means something to you. It compels you to praise him and to worship him because you don't take it lightly. There is this awe, a holy fear of who God is that you hear when you hear his name. You recognize that he is your creator and your king. And so you worship him. That's the duties required. But what about the sins forbidden? Well, again, under this heading of taking God's name in vain, the Bible warns us of many, many sins, many ways that we can do that. 
And we usually think of the third commandment as telling us to be careful of how we speak God's name, and it certainly does imply that uh, we shouldn't use God's name in cursing. That is true. But as we know, the third commandment, like all the commandments, prohibits far more than just that first sin, that first idea uh, of using God's name as a, a swear word. Remember this Hebrew word to take has the idea of carrying something and vain has to do of being weightless. And so the idea, of course, is coming back to this whole concept of just taking God lightly, not thinking much of him. Well, yeah, he's there, but who cares? Does it really matter? And God's saying, don't do that. Don't take who I am lightly. Now, there are many ways that we do that, and that we profane or make common God and treat him as worthless and valueless. Or maybe he has a little value, but not the value that he deserves. There are many ways we do that. Dutch theologian uh, Joachim Duma does a masterful job of summarizing especially the sins of the Old Testament that have to do with taking the name of the Lord in vain. And he puts them in three categories, and I'll just mention them briefly. The first is sorcery. The Bible forbids sorcery. Uh, when God first gave this third commandment to the people of Israel, sorcery was actually a big deal. It was a common thing. You see, people, especially in the land of Canaan to where Israel was entering, they would use the names of their gods in a form of incantation, like a magic spell. Uh, and God says to Israel, you are not permitted to blaspheme God that way. Do not practice divination. Do not use my name as if it's a magic spell. You can't just recite the name Yahweh in a certain pattern or in a certain ceremony and expect it to rain and your crops to grow or your wife to give birth to a son. You can't do that. Because what does God's name reveal? Well, it reveals again that He is sovereign, that He is the Creator. He is the one who ordains and controls all things. We cannot manipulate Him simply by speaking His name like it's a magic word. Now, we don't exactly do that today like they would have done in the ancient Near East. We don't practice sorcery like that. But we certainly do still attach all sorts of things to just the name of God, causes and ideas, claiming that what we are doing, we're doing as God's will. And because we're saying it's God's will, somehow that is magical and means it is the right thing to do. And God must give us success because we're saying it's God's will. I mean, a historical example would be the medieval crusades or even the brutal tortures of the Inquisition. They were both done by people claiming, hey, this is God's will. We are invoking God's name upon these actions that we are taking, no matter how violent or cruel they may be. And God should bless us. But a more modern example would be uh, when we 
do whatever we want to do in our lives without much prayer or thought and simply say, you know, I just feel God wants me to do this. And we've never consulted his word. We've never consulted what is his actual will that is written down for us. A second set of sins that would take God's name in vain falls under the label of false prophecy. God instructs his people again in the Old Testament to never permit false prophets to continue to deceive others with their blasphemy of God's name. Ezekiel 13.6 tells us that a false prophet was anyone that would say, Thus says the Lord, but the Lord had really never said thus. And yet they claim that it was, and they do this to promote their own personal agenda. Again, false prophets and false prophecy are not limited to the ancient Israel. I mean, people boast of all sorts of things, claiming that God has said this, but he actually has not, in order to justify their own actions or feel approved by others or about what they believe. And yet it is completely contrary to God's word. I mean, there is all sorts of noise both within and without the church of those who declare that God has spoken this way regarding politics or ideas or, or, or social uh, morals when in fact he has declared the exact opposite. That's false prophecy. That is taking the name's, uh, Lord's name in vain. It's claiming divine authority over human ideas which God has not granted. And there's a third group of sins in the Old Testament especially we see uh, that uh, involve taking the Lord's name of, uh, in vain, and that is false oaths. Those are deceitful words, using God's name to swear that something is true when in fact it is a falsehood. And God forbids his people of this. In Leviticus 19.12, he says, You shall not swear by my name falsely, and so profane the name of your God. I am the Lord. If you swear by the name of the Lord that this is true, it better be true. Now, there are many other sins, of course, that fall under the third commandment. But they all come down to a fundamental problem we have as humans. And it's already been mentioned. We've already considered it. It's this. We don't take God's name seriously because we don't take God seriously. We don't consider what it means that he really is our creator. And that's why it's easy to destroy the lives of others. We don't consider what it means that he is holy and set apart and thus can declare how we must live before him. And so we sin in so many ways. Oh, sure, we are fine with the idea of God. And we might even take comfort in it. But when it comes to actually acknowledging him for who he is and then submitting to him because of who he is and what he has done, we have a hard time doing that. And that's true both of Christians and non-Christians. 
I mean, obviously, those who deny God and refuse to come to Him through faith in Christ and worship Him are not taking God seriously. They don't consider the weight of His holiness, justice, wisdom, power, and truth. But how do we who are believers, who do follow Christ, who are united to Him, how do we violate this commandment? Well, we do it when we live in a way that does not honor the name of God that we bear, particularly the name of Jesus Christ. Through our misconduct as Christians, we can bring great reproach upon the name of Jesus and thus break the third commandment. I mean, as Christians, we do bear that very name of Christ. It's marked upon us. It's actually marked upon us in our baptism as we enter into God's visible covenant people. That's why the very formula for baptism that Jesus gives us is to baptize in what name? The name of the triune God. Baptize in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. His name is upon you. Baptism is like a naming ceremony whereby God places His name upon you and makes you His own. And so to deny Christ or to live in a way that does not take that name of Jesus that you bear seriously means that you're not taking God seriously. You're not taking His name seriously. You're violating the third commandment. And that's what that commandment confronts us all with. You feel the weight of that. I know I do. Because as God says here, I'm not going to hold him guiltless who takes my name in vain, who doesn't take me seriously. So what are we supposed to do? How can we even keep this commandment? Well, we do it as we do it for all the other commandments. We keep the third commandment by confessing the Christ of the commandments, by running to Jesus our Savior, because united to Him, we do glorify God. We do take God seriously. We do honor Him as He deserves. You see, Jesus honored the name of God perfectly for us so that when we are united to Him by confessing Jesus' name in faith, we honor the name of God. Christ kept it perfectly for us. We see Jesus doing that in John 12 as he's approaching close to the death on the cross and that trial and all his suffering of his passion draws near. He feels the weight of that for he is about to carry the sins of all his people to that cross though he had committed no sin. And he knows he is about to bear the full weight of God's holy and just wrath that those sins deserve for them. And so he says to his disciples, Now is my soul troubled. In his humanity, he felt the weight of that. And then he says, And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? Should I ask God, should I ask the Father to deliver me from this? And his reply is a no. He says, but for this purpose, I have come to this hour. 
I came to do this. And then he says, Father, glorify your name. And a voice came from heaven, I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. Jesus glorified the Father's name by going to the cross for you and me. He honored the will of the Father by submitting himself as the Son in that great sacrifice for sinners like you and I. But Jesus does even more. Not only did he glorify the name of God for us so that we might glorify God through him, but he himself becomes the very incarnation of the name of God. He is our Emmanuel, God with us. You see, the Father and the Son, they are the same being, the same substance, along with the Spirit, the three in one. They are God. And so to confess the name of Jesus as Lord is to honor the name of God and keep the third commandment. In other words, when you believe the gospel, you're keeping the third commandments. Paul writes to us in Philippians 2 that Jesus, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God to be a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, being found in the human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, because Jesus did that, because he humbled himself, he condescended himself Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Yes, his name is is above every name, for in his name is the power of our salvation. And so don't take the name of Jesus lightly, but at the sound of it, bow in humble repentance, hear his voice calling out to you, and confess with a joyful tongue that Jesus Christ is your Lord and your only Savior. Keep the third commandment. By confessing Christ in faith. Do not take the name of your Lord God in vain, but repent and believe the gospel. Let us do that with all our hearts. Let us confess that Jesus is Lord. Let us not take God's name lightly, but let us come to him through Jesus Christ, our Savior, our hope, our righteousness, through faith alone. God says he will not hold you guiltless if you take his name in vain, but through faith in Jesus, all of that guilt is removed and you no longer stand condemned for your sins. So Christian, remember to whom you belong. Remember your baptism. Remember the name that is written upon you that you have received from the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit that you belong to them. 
And as you carry that name, remember that your name has been written upon the nail-scarred hands of your Savior and live for him. I think Paul uh, sums it up so well in Colossians 3.17 when it comes to how do we keep this commandment of the name that we bear by confessing Christ. He says, whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ giving thanks to God, the Father, through him. God's name matters to him. So let it matter to you by confessing the Christ of the commandments as your Lord, your Savior, and your King, and show him that honor in your life. Let us pray.